Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to hit you with a double feature of Data East Classics. This is a double wide show. It is. It's double pack. You like that song, um... Made her the queen of my double-wide trailer with the polyester curtains and the red roof deck. No. You don't like that song? I don't like it. I, that is probably top five. Although with that song, time. with your performance of that song, we have become the number one Amiga-related podcast in West Virginia. <laughs> right there, brother. Bam. <laughs> Just because of that. Well, I'm glad. We got um, double-wides to beat the band, don't we? We, we do. Mm-hmm. You drive down, you drive through the streets of Hurricane, West Virginia, there is no shortage of double-wides. We've only got one street, but... Yeah, well, I was trying to make us a little bit bigger. Um, so, Aaron, before we get into Sly Spy and Bad Dudes, uh, we got some mail to open. All right. I love it. So, this is a package. It is. Oh, well, I'm going to save that for last. This. So you know what's in that one? Well, I don't know what's. I think I have some it idea. Looks like that one's been. This one, I. I well, I, I opened it so I wouldn't have to futz with the scissors on the podcast. Sometimes I cut myself. This is from uh, a guy in. Uh, I hope. In Delaware. Oh. Um, okay. He actually lives in Wilmington, which is the same city that my sister and brother-in-law live in. Uh, his name's Darwin. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. His name's Darwin. His name's Darwin. I've heard of him. Okay. Cool. Um, and I thought maybe it was George Thurgood and the Destroyers, the Delaware Destroyers. Mm. That's the only reason I got that. I was trying to think of somebody famous from Delaware that I could just pop out. I got nothing. Well, that's uh, was he from Delaware? I don't know. I just know about the Delaware Destroyers. Just keep going. <laughs> Ignore that. Edit okay. that later. Okay, so this is a magazine. Oh boy. This is um, this is multiple things. So it looks like we've got a poster here, and it is a poster. Oh, oh, that's tremendous! Still ready, so you know where that's going. That's going up on Amigo the wall. Amigo Studios East. Oh, awesome! Let me yeah. see if I have a look at this thing. That is it's got all sweet. screenshots. Where is it? That is tremendous. Look at that, everyone. Let me. Yeah, so it's a for those listening at home. It is a Commodore logo uh, made up of many, many, many screenshots. Still it's very ready. Cool. I love it. Love that. And this is uh, a magazine called Commodore and Amiga Plus. This is issue number eight, K and eight plus. And uh, this is a uh, magazine that Darwin asked me if we would like to review and uh, report back on what we thought of it. Have you ever? I've never heard of this magazine. Have yeah, this is. I had not heard of it before he mentioned it. And they're up to issue eight. They're up to issue eight. Uh, this is a Polish magazine, but Darwin. Oh, okay. Darwin is actually on the team that translates it into English. So there's an English version. Yeah, and have that's, they, what, and that's all, what this is. Do you know if they've all been in English or just I, the first I, one? I don't know. I don't know. So Darwin, please let us know. Um, you know, we would love to have more information, but this is this looks good. Man. I mean, this looks like retro game. Let me have a look at this thing. That is that is a very heavy paper. Yeah, that's the real deal. Um, I mean, that's a proper magazine. Yeah. That looks like it's got the same binding as my D and D modules. <laughs> I mean, it's got a real good bonding on it. Man, this you can't get enough Amiga mags. Yeah, I love it. So um, Darwin, we will uh, read this thoroughly. And um, you said this is from this is Polish. Yeah, Polish. Hey, we know mm. the uh, Poland's got a, a ton of Amiga fans over there. They've got the best Amiga fans. Look at that, Bruce Lee. Love mm. it. Yeah. Thank you very much, and thanks, and also for the poster. Yeah, that poster will go up on the wall in Amigo Studios East, and we'll send you a picture of that That's too. Right. There you go. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, what a treat. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Absolutely. All right. Now, this next package. Is from our buddy in Hawaii. I know what this is. Aloha I know what this is. Yep. to Jonas Rulo. Gosh, the luckiest man on, on the planet. We've got a couple. We've got a lot of stuff in here. So. Um, oh, really? Yeah. In package, small package. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh, 
<laughs> it looked icy there for a second. Um, I've gotten those Turn off the camera, folks. <laughs> this is an Amiga it is? 500. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. A 3D printed Amiga 500. Well, look at that. Isn't that something? You can add this to your little computer oh, collection. Let me, let, me, let me read you this note. It says, hey, guys, you can backyard wrestle over this one. Oh, yeah. So this is what we were talking about. Um, Look at you that, didn't have time to retrobite the, the 500 case. I was going to say, this looks like my uh, <laughs> this looks like my 1200. It's a good kind of brownish. That is, look how the, uh, that's incredibly, uh, you know, uh, even the, it's, it even says Amiga right yeah. here. And he says that it is Bamboo PLA. So if you're listening at it's, home, this is a, um, this is a 3D printed Amiga case. Um, and uh, the white is, he says the white is regular PLA. So. Uh, we'll have to put up a picture of that. Yeah, that is very cool. That is awesome. Two yeah, mice, it's good. Too, so. And it's got the <laughs> Yeah, it's got two mice Oh, it mice got both it. the mice. It's, it's got two different tank mice with it. You can't really see those. They're a little tiny. Great. Yeah. So. I'm not even going to beat you for that one. I'm going to let you, because you've got the other, you've got It'll, the other uh, Yeah, they, they'll sit side by side on the top of my computer. You've got, look see, look, you often. are collecting Amigas. It's I took am. all these years. I am. All right, so we'll put that That's away for great. now. I want to make sure and not lose these mice. Um you know how you cats, do you? <laughs> the next thing in here, we have, oh, now this is something right up your alley. It's a little alien. Creepy alien keychain. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think I'll be taking that. Yeah. Look at that. Is this stuff you made? All of this stuff, yeah. right? Gosh, okay. it would now, be fun to have this oh, kind of man. Did you see how he cool? Gave us, he gave us uh, both of them. Oh, okay, uh, great. Creepy alien keychain, this so might go to the, This might go to the girlfriend right here. And uh, I just want to go ahead and plug uh, Jonas's business here. His, yeah. his business is called Kona Impact, and they do websites, graphic design, online marketing, and large format printing. So if you are in need of any of those things, uh, he is helping Hawaii's business grow. Uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch with Jonas... Uh, please do. Um, yeah, I can tell you his stuff is look top at the, notch. Look at the, did you look at how the fine detail now? I mean, it looks like, almost looks like a lucha mask. Right, you know? right. That is, uh, it's incredible it what is. you can make. Gosh, and I can't cut wood. And this guy's he says going that to work. He, and he does 3D printing podcasts, he told me. And really? So, yeah, he's he's really into that scene. I didn't know there were such things. And finally, we have what is the, the what I what he told me he was sending. This is the mother load, folks. This is really what you've all been waiting for. We have in this package a bunch of new wow. Amigos magnets. Wow. And neat. so th this was the number one giveaway on our uh, episode 100, if you remember. And so uh, we will be doing a another event pretty soon, and these will be given away. So, Jonas, we can't thank you enough for, uh, for your generosity. Yes, thank um, you, Jonas. That's above and beyond sir yeah yeah because my i've had people see mine and ask me where'd you get that and I was like, well hawaii <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we will uh oh and look at this he even he even put a an amiga boing ball on that package look at love that. it yeah love it attention so, to detail yeah right? I, I lovingly ripped that open so nice work we didn't rip that. the boing ball yeah you got that down yeah beauty thanks hey thanks everyone yeah, darwin and jonas thank I you very much with the magazine and it'll be fun to give away those magnets because people did seem to want them. Yeah. You know, they're cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got feedback, Aaron. Okay. Oh, boy. So, uh, <laughs> go ahead. First thing comes from, we're going a couple episodes back to our Neuromancer episode. And uh, L.A. Sooner commented, he said, uh, you mentioned Timothy Leary's involvement with this game. Uh, did you know that he was working on another game at the same time? I read a little bit about that. So, uh, he says... L.A. Sooner writes, I actually worked at Interplay in the mid to late 90s and worked on a multimedia CD that was never finished called Timothy Leary in the Garden of Chaos. It was an edutainment game, um, and uh, it was really one of those interactive multimedia experiences that were so popular when the CDs first came out. But the premise was that you traveled through uh, Timothy Leary's life, and you got to see video of him and some of his famous, famous friends talk about him and stuff like that. And uh, so... He, uh, he says, unfortunately, oh, he says, Brian Fargo was friends with him, which explains the interplay Leary connection. I guess he was a big shot at interplay. Mm -hmm. um, he says, it was weird and interesting, but ultimately they didn't think it would have an audience, and they canceled it. He was filmed on green screen, so the videos were composited into 3D environments that reflected whatever it was he was talking about. 
was also the last interview he gave before passing away. And he says, unfortunately, I believe all the footage was lost in an interplay bankruptcy. Oh, man. So, but, and, and this fellow worked for them, eh? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So that's that's an awesome story. You know, I, I, know, I know I'd read that he had had some sticks in the fire, mm-hmm. and they were going to be pretty elaborate, especially given the technology of the, of the day. Of course, you know, CDs are really, you know, getting to be a bigger deal at that point. There's a lot of videos. But, I mean, I saw some uh, of the crazy footage, just like they had still photos of it, and it was, it was some really weird stuff. And the fact, honestly, I didn't know anything about Dr. Leary's involvement with Neuromancer until uh, uh, I'd researched that show. And now it's just, like I said, I always wonder why he was sort of mentioned in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's who knew? Yeah. What's, yeah. How crazy is it that? It is. The connections hey, thanks are for, really thanks for writing in on that. That is yeah, something right there. Thank you, L.A. Sooner. Um, and that's it for the uh, the mailbag for this, or the feedback for this week. So why don't we go on into the Amiga news All of right. the week. I will uh, start off the... Uh, let me let me get the uh, Amigatron 5000 here to our to, to our news area. Um, one thing I didn't put up in the news was uh, that uh, I had a chance to look, and I don't think I mentioned this on the last show, but I had a chance to look at or in, and actually play the uh, uh, Raspberry Pi Ultimate Amiga uh, collection. I know I mentioned it last time. It was sort of had, had was on the bad side of the WHD Amiga users group on Facebook. I went ahead and pulled it down. I had a look at it and uh, uh, tried out some stuff. And uh, I was pretty impressed. You know, I mean, it is a massive collection of Amiga stuff. It took forever to download, and there's already been an update for it, and I've installed that and looked at it. Uh, it does a pretty good job, again, as we have once again learned when we were over here messing around uh emulating the amiga even in 2017 is not the easiest thing to do uh and uh this thing is not perfect mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination that said uh, it, does, it does a pretty good job they've been very clever the way they put it together it loads pretty quick and it works pretty well so i'm not gonna sit here and say i give it my ringing endorsement but i mean if you're uh if you're into the pie uh if you've got the uh ability to uh, get hold of say a 128 meg or gig 128 meg. All right, 128 gig card uh, to pull this, and then the ability to download this, you know, 65 gig behemoth. Then, uh, then which hey, I did it. Uh, then uh, you know, give it a shot. You know, if you really, if you want to go that way with your emulation, um, partnered up with a keyboard and everything, you've got yourself a pretty good replacement for an Amiga. Uh, I w- again, this is nothing. I want to put my uh, into my crazy Commodore 64 retro Raspberry Pi setup, but uh, what, until they make it so you can access the menus and stuff with the, something aside from the F11 or F12, I'm boned because right. I don't have that. So, and that stuff's still there because no matter how thin you slice it, you're still using one of the only couple emulators on the Pi for the Amiga, and, and th- that's just hardwired in. So mm-hmm. that's the, my, that's my biggest problem with that stuff. I wish they would, you know, wish something would come along from that. But say so be. So I'm gonna go down the list here. Uh, our good buddy, our good and dear friend, Chris Falls, has uh, turned me on to a, and I read about this uh, a little bit after he sent it. Uh, there's an expansion card that's being that's uh, uh, co- um, you know coming out soon for the CD32, and that is something. It's going to add uh, uh, some much needed expansion to the CD32. It won't help me <laughs> since my CD32 is jacked up. Yeah, the expansion part is part of the. Part That's of the part. That, I mean, I guess I could go there and patch it. You know, uh, <coughs> it's my lot in life to have this damaged Amiga stuff, but uh, um, this would be nice. Uh, so, uh, um, if you have a CD32, you know, I've always heard that those things. I mean, I don't know it now, but I mean, back in the day, they were pretty accessible in the UK mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at a decent at a decent cost. Uh, now, if you're in America, you're boned because you're not going to get one cheap. You know, it's funny. I was just searching through Facebook for sale posts today. And over in England, they're selling. You can get five hundreds all day long for less than hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, that's that's one up. I mean, they. I mean, I've heard too many people talk about. I picked one up for twenty pounds. Oh, sure. And, and I mean, this is Facebook where people are trying. Yeah, to, so. yeah. Uh, it's a whole different world. Yeah. You know, like I said, when I saw that Amiga for sale here, about I couldn't believe it. And by the way, just on, along those lines, you know, I've told the story. Yes, I went and got the Amiga, and they swear it's great. Uh, I, I got greedy, and I searched for Amiga again last week and found another one that came up. It was a guy who had an Amiga 2000 for sale, 
uh, and he wanted much, much more. I can't remember what he wanted, but he ended up selling it on eBay. Mm-hmm. And so he told me by the time I got hold of him, he'd already sold it. Right. You know, but still, hey, that's two. Yeah. And what are the odds? Like, around here, they're pretty low. Um, so we also had a, uh, let me see if there's anything we need. Pro- oh, this isn't, I don't have this put up yet, but uh, I've noticed that the company's been updating some of their, uh, uh, their EXE files. Of course, the company is the, uh, is the guys that make the standalone EXE emulator files for the PC, and uh, you just you just click on the file and run it. You know we've covered them many times, and they have released a, a, a slew of new ones. And the one that really caught my eye was uh, they 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 released um, son of a gun. The uh, I just had it in my head and I lost it. The crazy platform game with the stupid name that we love, Rodland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did a, a new they did, uh, they did Rodland. Now I know you love Rodlin. I love Rodlin. Uh, now you can you can play it with the with the company's file. So you can check them out. Uh, they've like I said they've updated a lot of their of their of their stuff. I mean really to me I mentioned I, I, they're going through and, and updating a lot of them. Um, let's see if there's anything else on here. Um, there was an article up this week. Uh, actually Shane Monroe found this one. I'll give him credit uh, about a guy who. Uh, uh, took a C64, and I'm going to mention this because it's so wacky, and he used this as a VR rig. Uh, I, I, I saw this shared on a couple of different sites. It's wacky, you know, uh, but I watched the little video of the of what you'd see in the VR. It's kind of cool. You know, actually, of course, the uh, article is sort of, uh, the headline's sort of jerky to me. Well, know? it's Gizmodo, so. You know, like they're like they're too cool for school, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, um uh, you know, yeah, you know how that people are. Um, let's see if we got anything else here. I think. I oh, yeah. This indie retro news article. That's uh, brand this, new. I haven't yeah. seen that so one. So this is. Uh, oh yeah. Did I not talk about that already? No. Yeah, they've released a. Well, they. Who are they? Right. <laughs> there's a. <laughs> there's an NES emulator that's been released for the Amiga. Wacky. Right. Now. It, you have to have a beefy Amiga to run it. Uh, I think they said the minimum would be a uh, an O40, right? Uh, and they they suggest an O60, mm-hmm. right? That said, uh, uh, beefy beefy Amigas are becoming more commonplace yeah. with the Vampire mm-hmm. stuff and these other cards that have been coming out. So uh, if you want to. If you want to emulate the NES on your Amiga, you can to a certain degree. I hear they're, you know, I'm sure it's not perfect. It's a work in progress. But how wacky. That is. You know? it Boy, is. if this had came out back in the glory days, people would have had a heart attack. Yeah. You know? Can you imagine that? Of course, Nintendo would have stomped down with the mighty foot. Now, is the O60, was that only available in the 4000? I don't know. I'm sure there was expansions to get you up to it mm-hmm. with, the, say, the, the uh, 1200. Uh, but the... the those things were so cross cost prohibitive. Any of the, the old four, I was just I, they were a blip on my radar because yeah. I was like, I'm never getting that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now you're talking. You know, they're still, you know, that's still expensive. But if you've got one, and you want to emulate the NES. It seems like though, if you want to, I guess it's a novelty. I mean, if you've got a, I guess if you drop the money to jack up your Amiga, you're gonna want to have something to do with it. Yeah, emulate the so. NES would at least be something amusing, right? Uh, you that you could do. Um, one more item here. Uh, this was sent over, and it's a uh, modern software for creating uh, uh, chip tunes. Uh, I think this was sent over by yeah Adam Bradley sent it over our good pal Adam, and uh, that's it's exactly what it is. It's making it's it's a software to make chip tunes. Uh, it's uh, it looked interesting. You know, I tried my best. I remember back in the day messing around with the Octomed and, and stuff, trying to figure out how to make music on it. And the problem is I have no talent and no patience. These are the bad things when it comes to stuff like that. And so I right. never could make anything more that was worth a crap. You know, they have uh, they have programs that will automatically take uh, MIDI files, you know, and chiptunize them and things like that. How bizarre. Um, I know Earl Green, our buddy that does the uh, Odyssey podcast, he uh, has sort of a... Uh, a 
a band he calls it uh, they're called like Cassioka or something like that and uh -huh. anyway he releases these chiptunized versions of all these pop songs and stuff from the 70s and uh it's a, it's a cool thing i like chiptune music uh one of my favorite bands is ymck they're a japanese chiptune band and so does it stand uh, for something or are they just being amusing i i don't know <laughs> you know uh, i think it's probably just being amusing but. you know speaking of rural i, I like i said I, I like his odyssey stuff but he uh, his um He's the fellow that did those Doctor Who books, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah. If you're into Doctor Who, uh, he's the, he's done a couple, I mean, tomes on, on, on Doctor Who that are, are quite – I use them. When I go back and watch the old stuff in particular, I have I have them standing back. And Earl, Earl seems like a pretty good cat. I've never talked to him personally, but I, I like his show. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so this actually – I'll go ahead and throw this up here since we've uh, – since we're talking about it. This is called – Casa Casa Tachi, uh, let me this, and uh, it actually is funny because it's all set up like an Amiga, right? Yeah, and so um, this is and, and all this stuff is free, you know. Um, but uh, he he basically releases these albums of uh, of chip tune covers of you know this one is seventies soft rockets. <laughs> it's, it's very clever. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's got ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you get on site updates this week? But we've had a few. Yeah. Um, well, let me check it out here. Um, so the first update, and this just came out today, is uh, Dreamcatcher has written an article about the Trolls game on the Amiga. Now, this is a game. And Oscar, yeah, it's a double. It's double trouble. Is it Oscar well, also? It's it's, it's a. It, you'd have to read it. It's it's okay. crazy. But this is a game that I haven't I haven't played yet, but I've read about several times, and I think it should be something that we we try and review in the future, um, just because it is. I mean, it looks it looks okay. I Very haven't played it. Yeah, yeah. I've not played it either. And uh, it's funny, uh, Teresa, my girlfriend, collected troll dolls back mm -hmm. in the day. She had tons of them. I never. I always hated little freaks. <laughs> but the game, I would say, just from the still shots, it, it looked pretty good. Yeah. Now, I, again, I've not played it either, so we should probably yeah. put it on a list. But it, it reviewed pretty well, which is a good sign. Um, so Dreamcatcher has, has been busy doing that. Uh, Chris Folds, Chris Folds, has released uh, an Amigos Plays of Uh, that popular caveman uh, space taxi delivery. This is the one we played on, our, on the uh, Amigathon. Right. Right. Um, that was I, I, I dug it, boy. Very creative. I mean, oh, it, yeah. was, it was at the same time as creative and not. Mm -hmm. They they totally twerked the idea of a caveman of the taxi service, but the other stuff they were pretty creative in the way they presented it. Right, so I'll give them that. Right, for sure. Now this is this is an article that I actually I somehow didn't see until just now. Um, so I don't know what this is about. The Turbo Touch 360. Oh, I, I, okay. I read this. Okay. It, it's a crazy, it's funny. I, I know I've seen one of these in, 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 the, in, the, real, in the real world. It's a, uh, it's a stick that you don't actually, doesn't have a game pad on it. You sort of put your thumb, you sort of move your thumb around on uh, like a touch paddy type thing. Uh, it didn't catch on. Mm. But, uh, uh, and also so a, there's no, uh, it's not because, you know, there was an NES uh, thing called the NES Max that uh -huh. was sort of like that, except you still had like a little disc that you would move around. But this is nothing. Yeah, this is nothing. This is just a, like a trackpad. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't, I, I don't, if I use one, I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know exactly what it would feel like, but there's nothing there. Right. You know, and uh, it's just a, you know, one of those wacky peripherals. Uh, that uh, didn't catch on, mm -hmm. and, and this article goes into the, the uh, you know, the, the plight of this unfortunate piece of <laughs> hardware. You know, it's it's funny to think about all of those companies that had uh, third-party joysticks for the consoles, and and they were almost always crap. Yeah, you know, including mm -hmm. the including the Amiga team had those old, <laughs> the, old crazy ones. I've still got that wacky one that I've got with that batch of stuff that. I'm I'm haven't used yet, but I, it's on my list. It's that crazy steering wheel and a weird joy. I got a bunch of weird peripherals with that. So yeah, that's, that's that'll be fun to fool around with. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris Folds put up a uh, top Amiga arcade conversions list. Yeah, I looked this over. Um, he, it's pretty good. You know, I uh, uh, gosh, I didn't agree with all of it, mm -hmm. but I thought it, you know, he hit most of the big ones. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is a little off-topic for the Amiga site, but uh, the, well, not really, because it was all sort of, you know, coherent with it. The, the, the CD era was kind of coinciding with it, the height of the Amiga. But um, he wrote about how, you know, this, this uh, 
this magazine, I think this is a British magazine, totally poo-pooed the uh, the PlayStation the first time they saw it. They call it they call it sad. You know, it almost sounds like some Donald Trump would say. You know, it's um, they uh, they said you know they they didn't have anything good to say about it at all. And just goes to show, you know, nobody believed that Sony could put out a game system that could compete against you know Sony or I mean Sega and Nintendo. Well, if you if you read that article, I mean, if you think about the era, you could sort of see why oh, they come that to absolutely. that conclusion. That they're they're a victim of their of their uh, own reality at the time. It, it it's hard to believe that a, 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 a an outfit even like Sony could just pop in, especially with and also at the time the CD was a new technology that was mm-hmm. untested really. Uh, and they they showed like some of the uh, I think they showed some of the 3DO stuff and some other stuff. And it does it looks like they've got the winning formula. I mean you you would have been I mean when 3DO came out everybody I thought, thought that was I thought take this off. is going to be the mm-hmm. and they've got the way they did the licensing and stuff. I was like man this is going to be a big hit, but then. You see that price tag, you know, Sony, the price tag plus the good system. But, I mean, the price tag was a big deal. I mean, yeah. it sunk the Saturn. Mm-hmm. It, sunk, it, sunk, it sunk everything, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. that article, it was very amusing. Yeah. It, I really, when he dug up. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading it. Anything that's got those old scans of magazines, I really like. Uh, Amigos Labs has been busy, uh, especially with this guy. Data Flyer XDS, tell us about that. Um, the XDS is, a, is effectively, it's an external... Uh, hard drive enclosure for the Amiga 6 and 1200. Uh, it, it was from our good buddies, Dataflyer. The XDS had a uh, crazy cable that hooked onto your internal IDE and it provided a spot internally for you to hook up the drive internally. Then you run the cable out of it, and the cable uh, brought with it uh, the power and everything, and you ran it into their uh, enclosure, and you could, you could uh, hook another two and a half inch drive in it or a three and a half inch drive which at the time was a big deal because they were cheaper mm-hmm. you know and uh, the one i got again on that crazy deal uh, the, it worked the uh, the uh, three and a half inch drive worked it was booted right up you could also boot off of it it was actually it and today there's not much use for them because of the of we're all using compact flash but at the time this would have been a, a quite an awesome little gimmick and it was pretty cheap too when it came out so it's definitely a novelty. I'll probably end up selling mine. I'm sure somebody can use it, but uh, it's a uh, it's it's nutty and it, and and they're solid. I mean, Dataflyer. One thing you gotta say is their stuff was solid. The last thing I wanna uh, bring up is I think that we actually this this might have got lost in the shuffle here at the end of August. This was released uh, Kickstart issue ten, which uh, has the intriguing cover story: the ultimate portable Amiga. Yeah, I read I read this thing. Uh, of course, I always read them cover to cover, but I was particularly interested in this article because I've seen a lot of these little uh, these little doodads coming out uh, that are uh, little PCs, the you know, handheld. Mm-hmm. You know, some are Android, but uh, some are Windows, and uh, uh, <coughs> it's intriguing to to think that you could. I mean, I'll, the price point's a little bit above what I would pay, but I like the idea of a uh, of a portable Windows based system. That you could take around mm-hmm. and, and use. I mean, I know everybody's in love with Android to a certain degree, but I mean, a lot of your, you know, I would rather, I would rather have a Windows system, sure. portably. Yeah. You know, but uh, and he gets a lot of stuff in that issue. It's great. They're always great, and uh, I think this is probably actually. I mean, I like them all. I think this is the best one he's put out. It's really good. So yeah, I urge you to and free, totally free. Just go download it. It's a great read. Put it on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they're in PDF, so you just, you know, download it and put it wherever you want it. So Yeah, and we had, um, what else do we have this week? Does that cover everything? I think that that's oh, everything. no. I, I, there's, there's some new Amigos plays. Uh, the uh, um, Aside from UGG, there was, did we mention, we didn't mention mine, did we? Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I purposely left those off because uh, I thought, I'll, I'll tell Aaron to talk about it, and then I just forgot to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I did. So. I actually got off my fat can this week <laughs> and did something. And uh, I, I, I put up, uh, I had a playthrough of Turbo Outrun to complete the Outrun Trilogy of Pain. <laughs> and also I did uh, uh, Tennis Cup 2. Ooh, and, uh, that looked good, actually. I thought... I it thought. was Well, I mean, uh, Tennis Cup 2 was interesting that it had, uh, it offered split screen. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, again, I, 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 that's not my favorite tennis game on the Amiga, but... That's nice. I don't like the angle mm. of it, though. But it's a little bit. It seems like you're. You need a little bit more elevation. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I've got a couple more cooking, and 
if anyone's out there uh, would like to see anything, uh, drop me a line, and I'm more than willing to take requests. Yeah. When Amiga's played, because awesome. I'm I'm feeling the flow. I'm ready to do some <laughs> Amiga playing. Well, are you ready to do some uh, game reviewing? Oh yeah, man. All right. Except they're not reviews, folks. I'm gonna keep calling them reviews no just because you hate it. These are our personal <laughs> opinions on these games. I'm not a review. I'm not a reviewer. Are you kidding me? So why don't we start things off with Sly Spy? Yeah, so um, these are today's games are both Data East games, which uh, Data East had a ton of great games, and but these are a couple of my favorite arcade games. I'd say I pitched this episode because I, I love these in the arcade. Uh, Sly Spy was a uh, was released for the Amiga in '89. Again, this is licensed from Data East. Uh, they had a you know a ton of games on the Amiga. Uh, they had uh, real Ghostbusters. They had uh, our other game today, which is Dra uh, Dragon Ninja Slice Bad Dude, Joe and Mac, and a bunch of ABC Sports stuff. They had a bunch of stuff. Uh, this came on two discs. <coughs> uh, Ocean published it. Uh, and uh, this was a uh, one-player game. And this was done by an outfit called uh, Developer Software Creations. Uh, they did a bunch of stuff on here that you may have heard of. But tell me if you've heard of any of these. Any of these. They did Bubble Bobble. Uh, they did Bonnet Commando, uh, Gauntlet 3, Ghouls and Ghosts, Jet Set Willy. These are all on the Amiga. They did a lot of good stuff. Um, so this came out on several different platforms. Of course, it was based on the arcade. It came out on the Atari ST, uh, the C64, the Spectrum. So it had a, a... I wouldn't say this was a huge arcade hit. Had you heard of this in the arcade or ever? Never. Had you heard I, this in the, at I, all? I had never heard of this game before you mentioned really? it. Really? And I'd heard of Bad Dudes. I played Bad Dudes on multiple platforms, but never heard of Sly Spy. I'm surprised. I uh, really am. Yeah. So, what is Sly Spy? So, basically, and this game has a rep. And the rep is, this is the best James Bond game that ever released that wasn't a James Bond game. Because in this game, you play Sly Spy. He is a... Um, he is a spy. Mm -hmm. He's a Bond. He is James Bond. A secret agent. The only difference is he's American, and he's, uh, you know, working for I guess the CIA or, or or the Secret Service or whatever. So in this game, this is a this is a game that has multiple levels that offer different types of play. Um, you play you play Sly, and you're trying to stop uh, a uh, 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 an evil plan uh, from from uh, coming to fruition. The outfit you're after is the Council of World Domination. Did you know that? It's only mentioned a couple times. But no. The, the, yes, the Council for World Domination. The CWD. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what they're called. <laughs> so they send Sly to go fight these guys. So this game is separated in different levels. Uh, I will say this game has every level that the arcade has, which is that's a big deal because, uh, you know, the arcade, that's what makes the arcade game fun. Um so in the first level of this, uh, it, it's a side. We should mention it's a side-scrolling shooter mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's for all of the part. There's a little bit of going up and down, but not not that much. Um, so you're Sly. In the first part of this year, is your name actually Sly? I think his name is actually. Let me look and see if I've got it on my notes here. What his actual name is? Um, I think his name is actually Sly Spot. <laughs> <laughs> when you name that, your career path is kind of chosen for you, I guess. That's right. You know, that's why you don't name your kid like drunken stripper. Right. You know, you're not setting a good precedent <laughs> for the child. So, in the first level of this, they jump you on an airplane over Washington. There's been a bomb threat, and there are tons that the World Domination Council is a crapload of terrorists that are going to, you know, shoot shoot stuff. So you follow an airplane in the first level. You're actually um, shooting other terrorists I, i'm assuming that 30 uh, uh terrorist planes have flown in and they're just <laughs> littering just, the sky yeah. with bad guys <laughs> and so on your way down you're shooting these guys uh and your gun looks just like a walter ppk i mean the guys wearing a tuxedo it's mm -hmm. the exact same crap because i mean that's what you wear when you jump out of a plane that's right that's right uh so you uh as you're falling you shoot these guys eventually your shoot pops open and there's a big American flag, and this is a play on, I believe it was View to a Kill, where Bond popped his parachute skiing off a cliff, mm -hmm. and it had the the, the, the British flag, yeah, it. which is, which was awesome. That was Roger Moore, 
And uh, so, I mean, everything in this game is uh, uh, is ripped off slash an homage to, uh, to the James Bond movies. So you land in the first scene. The second scene, you're in front of the Lincoln Monument, which is pretty coolly rendered. And in this scene, you're just running back and forth, mostly to the right, and terrorists are just running up to you and trying to shoot you or lobbing little uh, bullet bombs at you. And you just shoot them. I mean, there's some big terrorists. On occasion, this big fat terrorist will try to hit you with a barrel. Mm-hmm. Right? Why not? Right? So you get past these guys. You move on to a, a level where you're climbing on a boat. All right. Are, are, no, no you get motorcycles on your motorcycle. Left. Sorry. Yeah. So if you've seen, uh, I want to see, I'm trying to think which movie had Bond on a motorcycle. Uh, but this motorcycle has got a gun mounted on the front. The other, and there are, of course, terrorists have gun motorcycles. They're coming after you. And at the end of that level, you shoot a guy in a car, in this, in this clown car, where two guys have rifles and the third guy has a bazooka, all crammed into this compact. And then uh, you uh, get off that, you go to a boat, and you're, again, you're running, this sort of reminds me of Rolling Thunder. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you ever played that yeah. game? Yeah, oh yeah. I bet you're a fan of that. Yeah, I do like Rolling Thunder. Wasn't that a big NES game? Yeah. Yeah, does Mm -hmm. this remind you of it It somewhat? It does. Same guys, right? Didn't Data East do that one as well? Right, yeah. You know, the the big difference with Rolling Thunder is that it moves as much vertically as it does horizontally. Right, right. But the the gameplay is very similar. And I believe at the end of this level is when you fight Jaws. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, if you've seen... uh, Jaws was in a couple Bond films, but the one I think of is is, uh, Moonraker he was in. And Jaws is the now not the Jaws the no, shark no, like you're the, fighting no, right no. now. <laughs> no, so Jaws is the guy is the villain that has the big metal teeth. Yeah, he's a big huge guy. He was played by uh, oh boy Richard Hervé Villachez. Richard Keel. Richard Keel. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, who's the uh, quintessential huge guy? And uh, he just recently passed away. He did. He did. He was in Happy Gilmore. He was in Wild Wild West. He was in Twilight Zone. He played one of the Kenemans. Uh, he put, a bunch of times he was in Twilight Zone, so he was been in everything. He, if you ever seen Ega, he was he was Ega. You ever seen Ega? I know what an Ega is. He's a caveman. He, was a, he played a caveman. He's you, good at that. No speaking. Do you know what an Ega is? An Egod? Yeah. No. E, no, it's a bird. Egod? Nope. What is it? It's uh, when you win the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony. It's the ultimate. Has anybody ever done that? Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg won a Tony. Yep. Oh, For uh, she won a Grammy. Yeah. For what? I have no idea, but she's one of the she's an EGOT recipient. Oh, good grief! Yeah. Well, I change the way that's gone. Anyhow, wow, what a weird sidetrack. <laughs> so you beat Jaws, right? Then Not you, the shark. You beat them right. later. And then you go now. Some of these are going to start getting fuzzy because I haven't gotten this far that often. But then you go underwater. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've seen Bond movies, of course, you know you've got to go underwater. You know, and you and so Bond fights, and there's tons of terrorists underwater. And at the end of this <laughs> level, you fight Jaws, the shark. <laughs> now this is. A, <laughs> you gotta have a lot of guts just to put that in there, you know. So Jaws. And by the way, this is now better than the Jaws game we reviewed. It, it's funny because the the when you when you're fighting Jaws, it's very similar to when you fight Jaws in the NES game. The sprites are bigger. Your guy, your guy is the size of Jaws, which is odd because Jaws I think is much larger than a human. But yeah, you would think um, so. But hey, maybe this is like Jaws' son, or right? Something. So you kill this guy. And then, uh, at this point, I guess uh, the scene's a little blurry, but I know uh, you end up fighting Odd Job, who was the he's guy. The, the guy with the hat, If right? you ever saw Goldfinger, he's the guy that, that throws his hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, which I love. That's one of my favorites, you know. So, again, this is all ripped straight out of, now, out of, a, out of a Bond film. I've never actually seen any of the James Bond movies. Ever? As, any of them? I think I saw the one, I saw the one with Halle Berry in it. Oh. That's probably the best one, right? Let's just move on. Well, okay. I'm just wondering. You almost she, she almost got a spinoff movie from that. Really? Oh, yeah. Then they realized everybody hated it and her. And they're like, <laughs> well, maybe that's not a good idea. Um, did uh, did what was special? I mean, how did Odd Jobs hat kill people exactly? It had a it had a razor brim. Mm. You know, if you ever seen the movie, which if you, I, I'm assuming a lot of people here have seen a lot of Bond movies, but maybe they haven't. If you ever if you're gonna sit down and watch one Bond movie. Goldfinger would not be the worst. It's a tremendous film, and that's the one Odd Jobs in. Odd Job, uh, at the beginning, uh, Bond, at one point Bond is screwing around with Art Goldfinger, and Odd Jobs is like manservant, and he says, "Odd Job, ting." He points at the statue, and Odd Job takes out a hat and 
whips it over and cuts the head off a statue. Mm. Now, the hat doesn't come back. It's not like oh, Captain America's okay. shield. I, don't you thought, <laughs> I thought that was In how In the it game, it does. It, it comes right back <laughs> like a yo-yo. Right. But no, it doesn't do that. Okay. It, it, it's just all it's got is a razor brim. So that's cool. You know, it's, it's a shame they couldn't work knick-knack into the game. That was Herve Villachez. Mm. I don't know if you knew that no. or just being smart. Yeah, Herve Villachez played knick-knack in The Man with the Golden Gun. Now, what was knick-knack's power? His, he was the manservant for the guy with the golden gun. So he didn't really, he didn't, did he, he didn't have any devious. Oh, he was of, devious. He was super devious. Okay. He was just like, this guy's like. Just flunky. the right hand man, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so, and I speak of the golden gun. I guess we should get this out of the way. As you go through this game, you collect parts of a gun. Mm-hmm. And it's the golden gun, all right, which is uh, taken from the man with the golden gun. If you've ever seen that movie. Which is a, which is a, a, a great. Is a the great golden gun actually made of gold? It, it well, it, I think it shoots gold bullets. Mm. I can't remember if it's actually made of. Gun. It's a long, It's a big gun. I mm. mean, in the movie, it was it, th- it would do it with multiple pieces, and it was made out of like an ink pen, and a, and a, this is how you get it through customs. He mm. had like a, a cigarette holder and an ink pen, much, and he assembled it. Oh, you okay. Know, and and uh, and that was the golden gun. Now, but it just shot one bullet. That's all he needed. Scaramanga, one bullet, one kill. Mm. Uh, but uh, um, anyway, so they, they've taken that from there. So anyway, you make your way through this game. There's underground tunnels, and there's a guy there. At the end, you're in a missile silo, and there's a, you know, getting ready to shoot a missile. And then you fight the main bad guy who runs the Council for World Domination, and he's behind this shield, and there's, there's, there's like spikes coming down on you. You have to shoot the shield. Shield goes up, you go kill this guy, wham, bam, Bob's your uncle. And then the ending of this game stinks. It just says, like, good job. You know, you're like, oh. Well, the ending is kind of anticlimactic, too, yeah, no because kidding. you shoot through the shield, which basically you just shoot it the wasn't shield even that a lot hard. of times yeah. in a row. And then the, the the bad guy doesn't even put up a fight. He just stands there, you shoot him, he dies. He's, well, I mean, there have been a lot of Bond villains that were just regular guys. That's why you employ all of these stooges. Oh, uh, yeah. And this game has what I call the Data East ending, where once you get to the ending, you've got to go back and fight all like a lot of the bad guys. Yeah, that were in a there. boss rush. Except for the shark doesn't come back, <laughs> which is a shame that he couldn't make an appearance wearing I will, like a like a, a diver suit or something. One thing I do like about this game, well, there's a bunch of things, but one of the things aside from the bad guys is occasionally you'll be attacked by two Bengal tigers for some reason. Just, <laughs> like I believe the first time they show up is on the docks. Uh-huh. It's just like where the hell do these come from? <laughs> right <laughs> off the boat. It's like from Bengal. Jaws has a couple tigers, and the thing is, they just you just shoot them. And, they're not super tigers, right. but it's a, of all the weird things, and bad dudes has the same situation. So, anyway, run gun game. Um, again, this is your first experience with this. So, what did you what did you think of the of the of the um, plot or the or the you know the uh, story of the game? And what did you think of the game itself? Well, I like I like everything about the presentation. Um, I think that the graphics in this game are quite good, especially in the first level when you parachute into the city and you see all of Washington below yeah. you. Um, once you get into the levels, it's kind of your standard fare. The graphics are, are really nothing special. I wish that they could have done more with maybe parallax scrolling in the backgrounds or something like that. Um, but they were working with an arcade port, so the, the arcade does, doesn't really set the world on fire yeah, with its backgrounds that, that, either. These games did not have that. Um, <laughs> the, my, uh, I want to keep going with the positive. I like the fact that you're you're building this gun. You know, you're it's not just like you're picking up a smart bomb. You, you're you're assembling something that makes sense. Um, I actually didn't mind the HUD in this one. Uh, Amiga Games, as Dreamcatcher has, has noted in his wonderful article, are sometimes famous. They they were able to keep the speed more accurate to the arcade by making the the field of action smaller and then populating the rest of the screen with sometimes blank space, but sometimes they fill it with useful information. And at least with this one, everything that's down there is useful. There's not anything that's that's useless. And some of the things are kind of clever, like the level timer is displayed as your watch. You know, uh, your the golden gun is in a gun case. Uh, you've got uh, the the map, uh, or I'm sorry, the the gun you're currently shooting is in a, a gun case. The status of the the golden gun assembly is shown on a laptop screen. Uh, and of course, you've got your health and your ammo bar. So I don't have a problem with the HUD. I, it didn't detract from the experience for me. 
Um, what did detract from the experience is the amount of cheap, cheap, cheap shots that you take all the time in this game. There are so many unavoidable <laughs> like encounters. The, like, like that missile in the back <laughs> of the, the zip line. Right. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And this game was designed to be a quarter sucker. So, I mean, they, it, was, it was programmed with that in mind. It's just a shame that when they were doing the Amiga port, they didn't do anything to sort of mitigate that. I, uh, uh, I agree with what you said to the most part. I, I don't like the HUD. I, it's because it's. I mean, how many times have we we've uh, um, we've called back to that Dreamcatcher article over and over mm-hmm. because it, it was so dead on about these unnecessary HUDs. The arcade version doesn't have this HUD. You've got the exact same information. Don't need the HUD. Now, if the HUD was there to, uh, if if you couldn't have had this game play as well as it does without the HUD, I can tolerate. I'm going to go on that assumption, but. The HUD adds to me; it adds nothing. It's just there, and it's as, it's almost as big as the playfield. It is, you know. Um, that said, music great. Oh, I forgot about the music. Um, You're right; the music is fantastic. The, uh, the graphics are are really good considering uh, what your. I mean, these are. It's pretty. It's pretty close to the arcade. You know, they kept uh, all the content in, for the most part. Uh, the uh, it's it it's still fun. It feels like the arcade game. The, the arcade game is, I mean, uh, uh, Sly doesn't exactly, he's not sprinting around the screen. Mm-hmm. He's sort of, I mean, Bond is not what you would call a speed guy. He's more of a s- slow-moving guy. Yeah. He's sort of slow. And that's what and that's what this guy is. When you're underwater, you feel even slower, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the uh, uh, It's just, it's a dopey game that, that it's fun. That's one thing I like about both these games. They're, you know, in the arcade, they're just fun, sort of silly games mm-hmm. that you play. I love the callbacks to all the Bond stuff. I honestly don't know. I guess they just want to pay the money, but you could have stuck a Bond license on this, changed the flag in the opening scene, and you could have called this James Bond Arcade, and it would have. That's probably what they should have done when they released it at home. They should have just relabeled it. You know. Well, it's funny because. The only reason why I think they didn't do that was maybe just the, you know, the estate of uh, Ian Fleming or whoever, you know, didn't want to have any video games based on this property because there are no James Bond games, right? There's tons of them. Are you nuts? Really? Yes. Well, I mean, There's there tons were, and tons there, of them. There was some game on the N64 that I believe made a little bit of a <laughs> yes, splash. Yes, yes. I knew. From, Thank God you were being sarcastic. From, I about had a heart attack. But I mean, from at this time, what was the first game listed on your? Do you have a list of? I the, don't have the, a list of Bond games because I, can I can't remember you, any from the. The Amiga has more than this. A light. They have light. There's a licensed games on here, uh, and and they and they've been. I mean, uh, the Xbox had them. But yeah, the that's, 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 I'm them. talking about eight and sixteen. Oh yeah, they era. had the driving games that were based on. I'm trying to think of exactly what movie it was. Because again, with, Spy Hunter, you know, like it's kind of a James Bond thing. It is. It, it's funny that that game can be a driving segment in this game. Just mm-hmm. put them together. Uh, but no, there are tons of James Bond games that are, and they're not that good. You know, that's the that's the thing. They're they're uh, just generic. You know, I, I'm trying to think. Of, I like a, I think it was a Spy Who Loved Me for Your Eyes Only or one of those. Uh, it, it, there's at least a couple that are that are that are that they turned into games. I just and I played them. And I was just like, that's how memorable they are. I don't remember what they are, but I remember this. This takes all the fun parts of being James Bond and lets you do them. The only thing this doesn't have is, and it, I mean, it's got a motorcycle drive, but you don't get to drive like the Aston Martin or something like that. That would have been kind of cool. But I mean, at least they did put something in there for driving. It doesn't have a skiing level. Mm-hmm. That would have been kind of cool. But I mean, still, it's a pretty big game. Right. You know, you could run through the whole game. I was telling Bo uh, in, in about twenty in about twenty minutes, and uh, you know that's not bad. You know, uh, it's hard. It, uh, the Amiga version is. Uh, I would put the difficulty on par with the arcade. I mean, it's pretty tough. Uh, it's got, of course, it's, you've got up for jump. You know, the same old story. But in this game, it works. Uh, in fact, it's. I think, in, in to some degree, it actually. I'm not gonna say it makes it better, but I, I had no control problems on this one. Uh, and but like I said, I, I liked everything about it, with the exception of the HUD. Uh, I, I think it's a real solid port, great music, and it, I mean, it's. I remember I was telling Boat earlier when I, when I first got this game uh, on the Amiga, I could not, I couldn't believe it how close it was to the arcade, and it seemed like it came out. I mean, it was it came out pretty quick, and uh, uh, and it was uh, it was so close, you know. So I got to give I'll give them all the credit in the world. Now, of course, we ran down the developer here. Uh, so, you know, it's not like they got like, uh, 
you know, some schleppy developer to do it. I mean, these guys were pretty competent. Mm -hmm. They'd done a lot of good ports in the past, and they did a good job here. You know, so overall, I dig it. I really like it. So there you go. All right. What do you think? Yeah. I, the high I, sign on this one? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, it's it, it's it's a very competent port of a uh, of a, a Data East, uh, you know, beat-em-up arcade game. I will say this, and I, I this is one thing I'm – the Golden Gun adds very little, because <laughs> it, it doesn't last very long. Mm -hmm. When you get the Golden Gun, it gives you, it gives you these big, kind of weird-looking shots, like ovals. But, I mean, you can still get killed. It's not like you're invincible. I think back to a game. Do you remember a game called Heavy Barrel? Mm -hmm. That's another game where you, was, you spent the whole game assembling this weapon. Brother, when you got the Heavy Barrel, you were doing some damage. You know That made a big deal. And this, the, getting the Golden Gun... I mean, it's it's better than your regular gun, but it's not like this the best thing you ever saw. I mean, that, that's for sure. So, I will say that was something I, I didn't think was that big a deal. Um, I did a little eBay look on this, and uh, it's funny. The uh, the the uh, stuff I saw uh, were boxed. You can get this game. The I only saw this game came out in a compilation from the Hit Squad. Uh, Twenty bucks to get that compilation. Um, you can get the discs for twenty three bucks, but I didn't see any actual boxed versions of just this game that were that were had been around so if you've got one that that's it may be maybe kind of hard to find so there you go all right so that was our look at slice by and then we ran in some difficulty here technical difficulties folks uh, with some level stuff and some uh, you know there were some alignments that aligned and and, and some paradigms shifted and so what we're going to do, and since we were running along, we're going to make this a two-part episode. So you just watched our Slice by section of our Dadies tribute, and next week we are going to have a look at Bad Dudes and have a good in-depth look at that. In fact, we might even stick in another Data Eats if we don't have enough content to fill. And next week uh, we're going to put up a, an additional Amigos Plays of Bad Dudes. This time it will be properly emulated. Yes. <laughs> we had some technical issues uh, tonight. All the way around with Bad Dudes. Anyway, I you mean, look at it. We were talking about cunning ways to phrase mm -hmm. this, but truth be told, we, we did the whole episode and then realized that the, everything from Bad Dudes forward didn't work right. Yeah. So. And we want to thank uh, Hasifa um on uh on the chat there uh to inform us it's better i'm really glad that he was here hanging out with us to let us know um because if he wasn't there then i, I would have put this up and it would have been real real bad so um thank you hasifa and i'd like to thank uh our um patreon supporters and i'm going to do this in the best sammy kershaw tradition christopher hassel ravi Abbott Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher Lawrence Oru, Graham W. Vabgebe, Brandon Dowdy, Lane Dinson, Adam Battersby O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Huckasee, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Will Williams, Adam Bradley. Neil Mansell, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Derek Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels of Dawn, Kilbjorn Barman. They phoned that last part in there. Who was this a tribute to? That was Sammy Kershaw. I, have no, her, I don't know who that is. Made her the queen of my double wide trailer with the That's polyester the curtains. So no one knows who that guy is. Everybody knows. Me. He is world famous. Can world you name famous. anything else he did aside from that trailer song? He's a one hit wonder. Well, so he did nothing else. That doesn't mean that he's not world famous. If anyone else has ever heard of this guy, let me know. Because I live near Double Wise, and I have no idea who he is. Oh, he's great. Good grief. And he really phoned in the end of that. Well, I ran out of, I ran out of music, oh. so I had to I There had was to improvise. music? That's what I did. Turn it up, but I can't hear it. <laughs> so next week, guys, we are going to be playing Bad Dudes. We will see you then. Until next week, adios. adios.